Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. We are in a series right now on foundations and uh, in the end of la- at the end of last year, I took a moment to speak, ask God, what do, what do you want us to talk about this year? And I was, without any shadow of a doubt, I felt the Lord say, I want you to talk about foundations at the start of the year. Who knows that you, before we build anything in our life, we need to have strong foundations. And it's important to have strong foundations. Sometimes foundations take longer to build than what you anticipate. In fact, we're building a beautiful new, new building in our college just over there. And about three months ago, they started laying down the foundations. And they're still laying down the foundations. Why? Because in years to come, we want that building to still be standing because of the work that's been happening before we even see any of the structures go up before. And just like we see buildings go up and we need strong foundations to take place for that to occur, I'm believing that we will be faith-filled Christians who pursue Jesus, who follow after Jesus, who have a foundation of Christ in their life. And so we had a, uh, Kenny actually kicked us off a few weeks ago when he preached about living a life of worship. That worship's not just a moment we see on stage, but it's something that we carry through in every area of our life. We also then talked last week, my beautiful wife, Ali, she preached on prayer. I was at our, our Kermontown location last week, but Ali preached on prayer. And we obviously been, we're in right now, we're in a season right now of prayer and fasting. Every single day we've been um, having different thoughts and ideas of, of where we'd love to be able to get uh, prayer for into our church. And uh, who's been enjoying the prayer and fasting? Some of you guys are very honest right there. Like, <laughs> um, true story, this week I got invited to two all you can eat buffets this week. I said, Lord, what are you doing to me right now? This is not fair. This is not good. And one of them I was saying to Hendo last night, I said, one of them was she was a, uh, a Brazilian meat house. I was like, oh man. If there's something that says Dan Warren, it's Brazilian meat house. I'll tell you what. And so, you know, we've been on the, uh, on the fruits and so forth for pretty much the whole week. And uh, we've been doing that, been enjoying that. And really the, the point of the prayer and fasting, the prayer is there to be able to connect ourselves to God, to draw close to Him. And in many ways, the fasting is to disconnect ourselves from the world. Where we suddenly become, no, I'm the boss of my body. I'm disconnecting in order to be able to connect to God. And so it's been a powerful time. We'll finish up in the next few days. But today I want to be able to speak and share on this last area of our foundation, which I want to be able to talk to this idea and speak to the sovereignty, the supremacy, and the power of the Word of God. So if you've got your Bibles here today, you can open them up and get themselves ready and And as you do that, there's an unapologetic push from the world today to be able to reject the Word of God. I want to just let that sit for a second. Because sometimes unless we sort of stop and we're reminded of what the world's agenda is, we can find ourselves agreeing or just flowing in that sort of way very, very easily. You know, I've been sort of following from a distance some of the American narrative right now of... Um, the uh, abortion sort of journey and the, and the, the right to life commentary that's been taking place in America. And you might say, Dan, it's over in America. What are you doing that for? Well, it's important that we're not too blindsided by the fact that what else is happening elsewhere, we can find very easily on our own doorstep very quickly. 
And I was staggered and I was shocked to be able to hear that out of 430 Congress people, people who are making decisions, that there were 210 of them, almost 50% would go and say things like, if a failed abortion was a failure, in other words, the person lives, the child lives, the living being lives, then they have no right to be able to be resuscitated or found to be able to be helped and they'll be left to die. And I think to myself, this is the world we're living in right now. And here is God, the author of life, the one that loves to be able to give life and the one that we've been called to be able to protect life. The world very much has very different opinions out there. And it's important for us not just to be able to go along in the streams and you know, sometimes very dirty streams of the world, but we're to be purified by His Word and find ourselves being able to follow His Word. You know, you can only follow what you know. You can only follow what you know. And so this is why I want us to be a church who are stirred up by the Word. I want to be a pastor that stirs you up. You don't want a pastor that just goes and tickles your ear every single week. You want a pastor and people in your world, small group leaders and, and others in our world who are indeed going to be drawing us back to the Word of God. Where instead of just going along with the flow, we actually come out and ask the question, hey, what does the Word of God say about this? How, well, what's the foundation of His Word? What does His truth say about this? This is the kind of stirring up that we need day in, day out in our world right now because if we're not what happens is we find ourselves opening up our eyes to a whole range of different teachings and as the winds shift Ephesians talks about we just find ourselves blowing in whatever direction the winds are blowing but God has a different way for us he wants us to be people who as Ephesians 6 says who takes a stand but it says you can take a stance when you find yourself putting on the full armour of God. When you find yourself coming against me and acknowledging the fact that there are, there are plans and schemes that the enemy have. But God has given us all authority in heaven and He's given us what it takes to be able to take a stand when we put on the full armour of God. Can I get an amen, church? I wonder if we can get some faith here in this place and believe that He's given us. But a part of the full armour is His sword. The sword of the Spirit. And interesting enough, when we think about armour, we think about defence. But God has given us the sword to be able to be wielded. And He says the Spirit of God, it's the, it's the sword of the Spirit. It is indeed His Word. So if you've got your Bibles here this morning, I want to share on Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Matthew 7, 24, verses 20 to 27. And it says these words, Therefore, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into, into practice. Who hears and puts it into practice. Who knows that uh, it's one thing to hear the word, it's another thing to do the word. <laughs> it's one thing to, to come to church and say a few amens and raise a hallelujah and so forth. One thing to do that and then to put his, his word into the rhythms and the practices of your world. It's one thing in... Uh, I find myself doing this every now and then. It's one thing to be able to get, scroll on Instagram and who's one of me who's a screenshotter? Who's every now and takes a screenshot? I think when you see some sort of theologian or someone do something on Instagram and suddenly you're like, oh, that's good, I like that. I'll come back to that one day. And then you know very well, you're never ever coming back to that ever again. And uh, you know, it's one thing to see something on Instagram, but again, it's another thing to be able to put them into the practice of your word. And what Jesus is saying here right now, this is Jesus speaking. He's saying, You've heard my word. 
Now go and put it into practice, he says. So everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a, say it again. He's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. Notice he doesn't say, if the rain came down. COVID happens, whether you liked it or not. Challenges come your way, whether you like it or not. The rains will come down, the streams will rise, the winds blew against and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. It stood. It stands. Because it had the foundation on the rock. But, a little bit of education here, whenever you see the word but, pay attention. Often God's given alternatives. Often gives God's given a difference that we can compare to. He says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sands. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. This morning, the title of my message here today is Practical Christianity. Practical Christianity. I want to talk to you about in your own life how you can be kingdom-minded in this crazy world that we live in right now. This world that shouldn't be feared because we have Christ, we have God with us. But how do we live kingdom-minded? And even as I speak right now, I sense this might become a, a series one day we do. So it's going to equip the church in order to be able to live as practical, well, practical Christians, living practically, living kingdom-minded in this world that we live in. Practical Christianity is not about being perfect. Everyone say amen to that. It's not about being perfect. That's, that's, practical Christianity is putting his word into practice. You know, athletes, they have to practice in order to get better. We were um, at Norellan, what do you call it, sport precinct yesterday. And we let Ivy ride around on the bike and um, there's an athletics track there. And... There were some very, very fit-looking people there. I mean, they're the kind of people who they know that they'll fit, and so they wore as little clothing as possible to make sure that everyone else could see how fit they were. And uh, who knows those kind of people, right? Like they, they know they got the goods, and so you know, off they go, and shaking what the mama gave them and, and the way they went. And, uh, you know... Um, we're watching them. We're, we're down the, um, we're, we're down the, the 100 metres straight, there would have been about 20 or 30 of them during the time. And during this place, um, again, they were like abs on abs on abs. Like they went in a six pack. They were like eight to 10 pack. I'm sure that if you can get 12 pack, they had 12 packs going on. Like they, they were stacked, right? They were, they were, they were so fit. And um, we, we sat down there. We're having some of our, um, our morning tea and, and um, just having some peaches and so forth. And um, Ivy asked a question to me. He says, Dad, what are those things on that man's stomach? <laughs> And I said, well, let me tell you, darling. <laughs> He's really sick, and so you get these bumps on your stomach every now and then. So we should pray for him, because all the healthy people, they have none of those bumps, you know? <laughs> so dad's got them. They're, just in, they're, in, they're in safekeeping right now. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> but then Ali mentioned, he said, like, you get these muscles... Over, not overnight, I think you don't get them overnight, you have to work for them. 
And these guys, they were like elite. They were, they were strong. They were, they were practicing over and over and over and over again. They would have done these one boring movements about a hundred times whilst we're sitting there and watching them. I think they ran one race the whole time that we're sitting there watching them for over two hours. But they practiced little bits at a time in order to find themselves becoming better at what they did. You know, doctors is a scary thought. They practice medicine on you. They're pretty good at what they do, but they practice medicine. Lawyers, they practice law. Not because they're perfect, because they're practicing, they're getting better at what they do. And you know, when we practice, when we put the Word of God, when we do what Jesus says and put His words into practice, what we do is we actually become more like our second part of our, our, our vision there. We actually become more like Jesus. We start to see transformation taking place in our world from the inside out because the living Word of God has been given permission to go to work in our worlds. And this is what Jesus is saying. Don't just hear the Word. Find ourselves being able to bring it into our world and let it change us from the inside out. So we come to this scripture in Matthew chapter 7, and what Jesus is doing right now, he's actually finishing up a really important message, a really important sermon that he gives to the people of the time. It's one of the very first moments he has to be able to speak and be able to share um, what God's placed on his heart. We know it as the Sermon of the Mount. And what he does from Matthew 5 through to about Matthew 7, he effectively gives us a bit of, a, bit of an outline, a bit of a, hey, go and do this role for, for us as Christians to be able to live our life. You'd, you'd do well by actually going this week and reading through Matthew 5, 6 and 7 as he shares and he speaks about the kind of person he wants us to be looking like within the church. And it's actually really confronting. You see, in many ways, it's actually very much an upside-down kingdom that sometimes the way we think in our world, he actually encourages us to live a very different kind of way. So he says, um, you know, he goes through the Beatitudes. He goes through and talks about things like, I want you to be the salt and light of the world. I want you to go out. <coughs> uh, I want you to go out and, and seek first the kingdom of God. He teaches us how to be able to pray and how to come to Him and the posture of how we can actually come to Him. And so Jesus is very much in a teaching mode right here and giving an understanding for the, for the people of how to be able to, to go and live their life. This is what's happening in Matthew chapter 7. And so Jesus is referring to this analogy of building a house. But let me tell you, He's not actually talking about building a physical house. He's talking about building your life. Building your life. And Jesus ultimately gives us an ultimatum and says, foolish, wise. Foolish, right, wise. Rock, no. Foolish over here. Sand, rock. Sand, rock. F don't follow, follow. Don't listen, listen. Don't put into practice, put into practice. He gives us the choice. And this is the beautiful thing about God. He gives us the choice. One of the most freeing, yet also the thing that gives us much responsibility is it gives you choice to be able to live your life. You know, I've had this revelation that it is we who build our life. God gives us everything that we need. I'm going to bring this to life a little bit. Can I get my helpers? Can I get um, Joel Pierce to, to come on out? Just, uh, just a moment. Can I get um, 
Where's Joel Hotava? Come on, Joel, come on, mate. I know you, I know you hate this, but come on. But give, give Joel a round of applause, everyone. And, and, um, and Rama, Dan Rama, come on up, come on up. Come on up. Joel, when I thought about who could play God, um, <laughs> you're about as close as it gets. You're married to Ruth, and hey. Um, why, why, don't you, why don't you sit here for us right now? Um, why don't you sit on the end there, um, Dan? And Joel's coming up with a couple of, this is, these, are, these are yours. Actually, whilst Joel's coming up, he's, he can get ready. Um, he's helping me out with the, a few little props here this morning. Ali's favourite thing. And uh, we, um, Joel, I want to talk about this idea of three different roles, okay? I want to talk about my first person here, who's the architect. He's the architect. And what he has here is architectural plans. These actually are architectural plans. I asked Ali Smith this week, can you go through and try and find the original architectural drawings for this place? I actually think we've got a, we've got a photo that we're going to pop on the screen. And uh, this is the initial architectural designs in 1986, I think they were formed. And Joel's holding a photocopy of those designs right now. Who's glad that the builder of this place went off the architectural plans so that Many, many years later, we are now sitting in a building that's still standing. Okay? Come up, Joel. We've got, we've got Bob the Builder here right now, hey? Here he is, hey? Now, Joel did ask for me, I'm usually a builder, can I come up with my shirt off? Um, I said, no, 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 shirt to stay on, and I know you got, he's one of those fit guys that want to run around in a, <laughs> he's pretty, he's very sick, he's very sick. Uh, pray for him, he's lots of bumps on his, uh, on his, on his belly. Um, so... We have an architect, we have what I'm going to call a builder, and I'm going to get to Dan in just a second. Okay, so, so an architect, they have the ability to be able to see things before they actually come into, into, into fruition. The person who could see this building was like an architect, and what they did, they drew up plans so that a builder is able to follow the plans and then we could see the success of the place come into play. The architect is one that has the vision, that has the knowing from the beginning right through to the end. Architects have paid a lot of money today. Do, do, do we have any architects in the house today? Okay, they've paid a lot of money today um, because they have an ability to see things from the beginning all the way through to the ends. This is the picture of God. It's the picture of his word for us. And from the beginning through to the end, he's actually given all that we need and have. All right, Jolly, stand up, mate. Stand up. Um, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I've got two Joels up here. You know, Joel Pierce, Joel Pierce. Okay. All right, so Joel is our builder, okay? Most of us here are builders. You and I, we're builders. We have been given plans. We have been given an outline. We have been given his word to be able to follow and be able to build our life upon it. And I mentioned these words beforehand, is that we are the ones that go and do the building. Through our choices, every single day, through the rhythms of life that we have, we go and do the building. Now, here's the beautiful thing, though. God gives us absolutely everything to be able to build our life. He gives us our word. Now, Joel here has got, I know a hammer. I'm, I'm pretty good at knowing what a hammer is. I might get really unsure very soon, but you've got a hammer. We've got... Now, that looks like a lot of fun. And it's, off. It's, it's off, it's off, okay. Okay? Everyone's like, ah, oh, what's going on here? Um, 
people on the podcast right now thinking, what is going on? Um, I'm holding a, a nail gun, and this could be a lot of fun, I'm sure. We've got a nail gun, we've got, what's, what's behind here? Um, I'm referring to your tool belt here. Um, so we've got, got tape measures, we've got chisels, we've got all sorts of different equipment going on right now. Um, there, there are tools that God has given the builder to be able to build his life. This is the good thing, this is the beautiful thing, this is the kind and compassionate thing God does for us. He gives us all that we actually need to go and build. Now here's the thing, the builder's success in his life comes down to how well he follows the architectural plans that he's been given. Yes. Let me say that again. The builder's success in his life, according to the plans, that, the plans that Jeremiah talks about, the plans that God has for you, comes down to our ability to be able to follow the plans that has been outlined for us. And I want us to be a, a Joshua 1, which we're going to refer to this at the end of the service here this morning, a Joshua 1 church that actually has these words of, I'm not going to let his word depart my mouth. Whether from the left or the right, I'm going to find myself meditating on it day and day and night. Thanks, Jolly. All right. My last brother here, who's Dan. So we've got two Dans and two Joels on stage. That was... Not entirely deliberate, but here we are. Um, Dan, you're a good man. You're a good man. And uh, you, got, you come from good stock as well. I can see his dad grinning like a Cheshire cat out there. <laughs> you're a good man. God's forming you. He really is. I'm proud of you. I can see the journey he's taken you on the last few years. And I'm getting a bit sidetracked right now, but... I know that he is laying a strong foundation in your word because you're choosing to take his word seriously and digest it and find yourself living it out. Um, back on topic. We are here right now. Here's my apprentice. Architect. We have our builder. We have an apprentice. And this is the picture of the church that I believe that we are to be called to continue to flow more and more into. Any good builder will have an apprentice. Any good builder will show someone else the ways. Any good builder will have knowledge that will be passed down. Now, right now, you've got a cute little belt on. And uh, what's in your belt? Oh, it's a, it's a nice colourful uh, tape measure. It's nice, it's nice. And we've got some, uh, some more simplicity things, okay? Here's the, here's the reality. This is for mums and dads with your children. This is for friends who are inviting others into your world. The spiritual maturer have a responsibility with discipleship to be able to pass on what you know. Because here's our reality. Now, Dan's a 21-year-old, 21-year-old, and he's obviously at an age right now where he is putting his own belt, so to speak, on. Those little boys who are singing, I stand in awe, they're still living with mum and dad. They're still under the, the guardianship and, 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 and leadership of mum and dad. They're still going to their fridge and eating their food and sleeping in their bed and, and spending their money. But there comes a point in everyone's spiritual journey when people have to be able to find their own belt and find themselves becoming the builder as well. And we will be doing Dan a disservice if we never show him the way. Church, this is the picture of discipleship. This is the picture that I'm praying that every single person in here who's got the revelation, thanks Dan. Actually, thank you guys. You guys are going to sit down now. This is the picture that I want us to be walking and running in 
that we have a heartbeat to share and to show what God's done in our world and as builders to show the next generation coming through because we've had this revelation what God has already done in our life. Builders introduce the apprentice to the architect and to his plans because the builder understands and knows the point that one day he won't be, but he will. Amen. Let me close with a few thoughts. If you want to go to uh, Joshua 1 now. I'll come down and join you guys. Joshua 1, this is a conversation that the Lord is having with Joshua during this time. Joshua is about to, well, he's just inherited the leadership of the Israelites and he's found himself crossing into the promised lands and God has a rhema word, which is often a sentence, it's a, it's a voice, it's a, it's a knowing, a rhema word that he gives Joshua as he begins to lead. And Joshua 1 verses 7, it says, Be strong and very courageous. That's the word he got given. In fact, he repeats these words four or five times in this particular, particular scripture. Why? Because I think God knew where Joshua was going. <laughs> he knew the challenges. He knew the battles. He knew what was ahead of him. And so what he was doing, he was stirring him up. He was giving that rhema word for him to be able to hold on to if and when the journey got a bit bumpy. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to fully obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from, from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then, so after you've done those things, then you will be successful. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Then it says, study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. And only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. I was driving home from the cricket last night. I was with Nate Hendo. And he asked me what I'm preaching about today. And I, I said to him, I think I'm going to touch on and close on this particular scripture, um, which refers to this word meditate. Now, who knows? I'm not too sure if you've ever done some, a meditation class beforehand. Uh, we're not talking about the new age version of meditate right now. <laughs> Uh, we're not talking about going to a nice hot room and getting into your spandex and trying to break your legs in all different kind of positions and, and whatnot. We're talking about a, a meditation of very different kind of nature. We're talking about a meditation that actually, instead of the world's picture of meditation, which is very much clear your minds, get the stuff out of your minds. We're talking about a meditation that actually speaks about something very different in a spiritual sense. Bring it in. Find yourself being consumed by it. Find yourself being able to, to, to realise what the words are to be able to live out the life that he's called you to live. And so this idea of meditate is actually you dwell in it. You find it. Now I looked into the, the meaning of this word. Um, it has two meanings. First one is to utter under your breath. This word um, meditate is utter underneath your breath. In other words, have the word of God continually 
been uttered underneath all the time. So when you come into a place where you might be fearful, you have the words, you have not given me a, 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 a spirit of fear, but a sound mind, God. And you start uttering these words of God underneath. When you've got challenges with your marriage, you start uttering underneath, you know, you brought us together, that, that two are stronger than one, that you are with us. And you start uttering these words underneath your breath. Now, you cannot utter these words unless we've actually first filled ourselves with that. And so the Word of God says to find ourselves in meditation, uttering His Word. This is where you find yourself in different circumstances in, in, in your life, where Scriptures will come and you'll find yourself being able to utter them to be able to bring you, I guess, a wisdom and an understanding in that particular time. But then the second definition, and if you're having a little snack right now, maybe just stop eating in church just for a second because this is going to get a little bit gross for a second. The second definition actually refers to this word called chewing on cud. Chewing on cud. Now, I had no idea what cud is. And I had to research what cud was. And what cud is, is when cows go out and they eat, they chew. You ever noticed how cows chew? It's very pronounced. It's like they've got a little bit of grass. There's a whole lot of work going on to be able to get this grass. And what they're doing, they're getting rid of all the nutrients and they're basically finding all the good that comes out of that grass. And then what happens is they digest it. But the gross part is, is that to be able to bring up more nutrients, they actually regurgitate that up and they chew on it again and then they swallow it again. And they do it again. They swallow it again. And this cud is this kind of formed, chewed down grass where all the nutrients are effectively being taken out. This is the idea of meditation. What the Lord is saying to Moses, uh, to Joshua right now is, find yourselves chewing on the Word. Let it be digested into your Word. And then when you need it, you bring it back up and then you bring it back down again. When you need it, bring it back up and bring it back down again. Find ourselves in the pattern of actually making the Word very central in our, world, in our worlds. You know, Joshua, he would go on to conquer 31 different cities. He was someone that understood the power of meditating in his word. In a room this size, there'll be people at different points of their journey when it comes to diving into the word of God. I want to be a good pastor to you today and say, let's get started, church. Let's get going. Whether you start with a Bible reading plan, whether you start with talking to someone next to you and saying, hey, do you think you could help me out right now and be able to give me some pointers in how to read the Word? Whether you start off with jumping onto the Bible app and being able to look at the verse of the day and start meditating on the verse of the day. My encouragement is that every single person here, whether young or old, start filling up your life with the power of the Word of God. I know as we do this more and more, we'll find ourselves following Jesus, becoming like Him, and indeed going out and doing what He has called us to do. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.